The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation. Amen. The fruit of selfishness and greed is thievery, but the fruit of faithful discipleship is entire devotion to God. I remember the very moment that I knew that I was in love with Holly Bogart. I was a fish in the core at Texas A&M University in the H2 Spartan Company, and I was allowed three items on my desk, a lamp to study by, a clock to wake me up by, and one personal item. And the one personal item that I chose was a picture of Holly that she had given me. A junior in my outfit, yeah, oh, isn't that nice? A junior, our first sergeant, Mr. Bird, sir. I don't know what his first name was. I just knew him as Mr. Bird, sir. It was always Mr. Bird, sir. He was in my hole because we didn't have rooms. We had holes. We were fish. He, he said, is that your girlfriend? I said, no, sir. I said, why do you have her picture? Because she helps me remain rooted and grounded. She, I, I didn't use those words. But, but she, she, she helps me find a sense of peace that you all don't. <laughs> he, he said, that, that sounds like love. And I knew, I knew in that moment when, when Mr. Birdsir named it for me as love, I knew in that moment that I would be devoted to her all the days of my life. And then, and then we had these things called children. <laughs> children, who knew? Who knew what they would do to a grown man? I had no idea. I mean, I, I thought of myself as strong and resolute, setting boundaries and following rules. And on Halloween night, after Benjamin was born, I, I was teaching up at church, and I, I went over to my mother-in-law's house where the family was, and, and Hannah, at about three years old, brought a Three Musketeers mini to me. And she said, Papa, can I have it? And I said, how many have you had already? You know, setting boundaries and following rules. And she counted, and she said, five. And then she said the words that I will never forget. And Papa, I want it. I knew, I knew in that moment that my devotion to my children, I'm sorry, honey, had surpassed 
my devotion to my wife. It, it, it didn't overtake and wipe it out, but, but it surpassed. And, and, and some of you have told me about these things called grandchildren that are more than children. Can I get a witness for the Lord? Anybody know about that devotion? You see, in, in, in our gospel reading, we hear about devotion. Six days before the Passover, the Passover that included the Last Supper, the Last Supper that leads us to the Lord's Supper, that Passover, that meal, that time when, when, when Jesus would be so devoted to all of creation to give His very life that we might be saved. He was in Bethany, and, and they had a supper for Him, and, and, and the details of this supper John covers quickly, but we need to pay attention. It says, Martha served supper. And it doesn't say she complained about Mary. She had grown. She was being transformed because of the presence of Christ in her life. Lazarus was at table. And John notes that previously Lazarus had been dead. Talk about transformation. He was alive again, and Mary anointed the feet of Jesus. It was a good supper. Amen? Well, then Judas spoke up. He said this, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? 300 denarii. I had to look that up. That's one denarii is a day's wages. So 300 denarii is almost a year's income. Think about a year's income. <laughs> then John notes, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. The fruit of selfishness and greed is thievery. Jesus replied, let her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for, my, for the day of my burial. The fruit of faithful discipleship is entire devotion to God. And if we think about Mary's devotion to Jesus, anointing His feet with this pure nard, letting the room be filled with the perfume of this extravagant gift, and wiping His feet with her hair, why would she be so devoted to Jesus? Jesus had taught her. You remember when Martha had complained, Mary was at the feet of Jesus, learning, becoming, understanding, and growing. Jesus had defended her to her sister, who was 
the accuser in that moment. Jesus had wept with her when her brother was dead. And Jesus had raised her brother from the dead to life. The fruit of faithful discipleship is entire devotion to God. Years and years ago, I heard this question asked by Leonard Sweet at a, an evangelism seminar. And it was a crowd about like ours. He said, what would you do for your grandkids? What would you do to be there with and for your grandkids? And he, he posed the, the question, if you were about to be informed that, that you were going to have a grandkid, all the way across the country. And all the airlines were shut down because the pilots were on strike. And then in solidarity with the pi pilots, all the bus drivers went on strike. And, and then all the rental car agencies went on strike and your car was broken. What would you do to get there to see your grandchild born? And then he asked, what would you do so that your grandkids would desire to be right here, right now, with us. A couple of weeks ago I mentioned that, that one of the signs of a dying church is that, that its ministry, its decisions are based on preferences. And if we're unwilling to give up our preferences, for Christ's purposes, we're dead already. I heard a story about a 16 or 17-year-old boy, maybe, maybe 18, who for the very first time in his entire life was in a sanctuary. Grown up, lived his whole life. Not a long life, but 18, 17, 18 years. Never, ever been to church. Nobody took him. Nobody invited him. Nobody said, hey, why don't you come with me? Because I know, I know God, and I know God's love for you, and I am entirely devoted to God, so much so that I am willing to do whatever it takes to help you know God. Nobody said that to him. Nobody did that for him until, until he happened to be in a choir at his high school. And his choir and another high school choir and another high school choir combined together to sing a concert. And for the first time in his life, he was not in just one sanctuary, but in two sanctuaries, one in Liberty, Texas, and one, well, in fact, it was right here. And he was singing of our faith and God's faithfulness. And my friends, my brothers and sisters, that is the truth about our society today. More and more and more children are being raised outside, having never been invited 
to be here. What are we going to do about that? You see, when, when anything or anyone takes the place of our entire devotion to God, we are robbing ourselves from God. And we are robbing God of the opportunity to use us to change people's lives for eternity. You see, I believe that God has chosen us for this time in this city on this day to change Beaumont, Texas. To transform the lives of the people that we see in the grocery stores, in the movie theaters, in the university classrooms. And I believe that the way to do that begins with me. I don't want to admit it, but I'm a selfish guy. I, I, I don't want to admit it, but I'd rather tend to what I want than what anybody else does. But Jesus asks me, Jesus asks me if I'm devoted and if I'm willing to give myself the same way that he gave himself and continues to give himself to the whole world. It was a good supper. And this is a good supper. It is the Lord's Supper. And it is God with us, in us, desiring to work through us to reach a hungry world who needs to know the love of Jesus. The fruit of faithful discipleship is entire devotion to God. May it be so for us. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.